BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Hyder, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business, or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. What is up, guys? And welcome back to the show. Today's guest is my beautiful friend and founder of The Balanced Blonde and the Soul on Fire podcast, Jordan Younger. So if you don't already know her, Jordan Younger is really an OG in the wellness space. She's been around for I don't even know how long before blogging even became cool. And fun fact, her podcast was one of the first that I ever listened to. So I remember back in, I want to say like 2017, I was living in Paris for a bit and I would roam around the streets listening to her podcast, getting in all her amazing wellness tips. She's interviewed some of the best people in health and wellness. And I've always loved her. So it's been really cool because over over the last few years, we've basically struck up a friendship as well. And I'm so excited to have her on this podcast because over the last however many years that I've been following her, she has evolved so much and grown so much. And I'm excited to bring her journey to you. We get really, really raw and real in this episode. She shares so much and I'm so appreciative. She is also pregnant with her first baby and we get into the whole thing. So I'm really, really excited for you guys to listen to this one. Before we dive into the episode though, let's talk about this week's hot tip. So my cuticles are generally a big mess. And a friend of mine gifted the Olive in June cuticle serum to me about a month ago. And it has been a game changer for my cuticles. So when when I go for manicures, my manicurist always yells at me or she used to because I would never put cuticle oil on my fingers, but it's because it's so annoying. Like your fingers are just oily and disgusting and it, it just like gets in the way. There's, you know, oil dripping on your laptop. It's like a whole thing. So I just always hated cuticle oil. This serum is so great because it just applies, like you can just apply it literally on your cuticles. And it comes with like one of those um, sponges that you'd normally get with a concealer. It's really cool. It's super convenient. It's not oily, greasy, 
yucky. It's just, it's amazing. It's done wonders for my cuticles. They look really hydrated and nourished. And I'm just so impressed with the serum that I have to recommend it to you guys. It's super inexpensive too. And the packaging is really chic, which we love. So I hope you guys give it a go. Your cuticles will thank you. All right, let's get into the show and welcome my friend Jordan Younger to the podcast. So I actually want to know what was your first foray into spirituality? Like, how did you get curious about it? Because, you know, you had the balanced blonde and it was like a whole, like it was like a blog. And how did it go into spirituality to even begin with? Yeah, that's such a good question. I I think all the way back when I started doing yoga, when I was about 13, was like my introduction to spirituality. It's obviously very different than the spirituality that the depths that I have experienced now. But that was the first time where I experienced just total clearing of the mind, total peace and experienced, wow, this, this is like an amazing group of people and everybody's so happy and the music is so inspiring. And I just remember at that time thinking, of course, thinking I'm such a spiritual person because I do yoga and I did yoga every day and I did a teacher training very young and it just became a huge part of my life. So it was always, it was always a little bit in the background of my blog, which was a vegan blog as it started. I think you know. And then it just became, I guess, very full force when I got sick. When I got sick with Lyme, I turned to spirituality and it helped me heal. So what were like some of the biggest, I guess, breakthroughs? Like, do you remember any like really kind of pivotal moments where you had like a really, really deep experience? All of a sudden you were like, holy shit, there's actually like something really special here, which maybe I didn't know before. So many pivotal moments. I think it was when I started awakening psychically. I don't know if anybody's ever talked about this on your show before. Or if this no, is like- but I need to know. Like, tell me, like, take me back. <laughs> How did this even happen? Yeah. I actually credit it a lot to a lot of the experts that I started to meet when I started my podcast five years ago, close to five years ago. I was interested in all this stuff. Every time I had the opportunity to talk to a medium or an animal communicator or a Reiki healer or a crystal healer, I would have them on. And every single one of them would say to me, you have this gift. They would just look at me and they would say, you have the gift. And I was pretty young. I was about 25. And I would just say, that's so exciting. Tell me more. And then I started to learn about it and learned that being such a highly sensitive person my whole life and feeling like I could read people's minds and I could communicate with my cat, who you met, and all these different things were not just in my imagination. They were very much real. So I started to explore that. I started to get some different mentors, um, especially with mediumship, and started talking to ancestors and angels, first by journaling with a practice called automatic writing, where you can pose a question to people on the other side, Mm -hmm. and they would respond, and it would be so accurate. And I would confirm this with people who, who knew things that I didn't know. So my grandmother, she would tell me things about my health. And I would go to my mom and I would say, it's so interesting. She brought up carpal tunnel and she brought up hemorrhoids. Sorry if that's TMI. And my mom would say, that's so weird. She had both of those things, like very, very, very severely. And she's oh trying to warn me that like I have those patterns as well, like <gasps> in my DNA and my genetics. So it would be that kind of stuff where I would be like, are you kidding me? And then I went down 
the deepest rabbit hole of spirituality ever. Really, when I got sick and tried plant medicine and had deep experiences of remembering past lives and returning to the earth and telling my husband, I'm such an old soul. I am from the earth. I'm like a great, 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 great grandmother to all of these people here on earth. That's kind of how I feel. So it probably sounds crazy. Here I am, 30-year-old, been blogging about vegan food. And all of a sudden I have this reawakening truly of remembering who I am in my soul. And that is just wild. But <laughs> I feel like you've always had this like very healing energy. And like I'd been listening to your blog since I like I want to say 2017. And I feel like I've been there or sorry, your your podcast, I mean. Like I'd I'd been there through like this kind of inflection point that you had as well. So I feel like I don't know, like I've witnessed it from the outside, which has been really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's been cool to take the listeners along, to take my community along, because a lot of them have gone on the journey with me. Yeah, They remember me when I was just learning about all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them realized, wow, this is something that I relate to. Yeah, So they started doing it too. We've been able to learn from each other, inspire each other. So and cool. it's an everyday thing. That's so cool. So tell me about automatic writing. Like if someone wants to get into it, where do they even start? Yeah. So this is a practice that I learned about from a medium named Marianne, who's been on my podcast many times. She's incredible. And it's just a practice where you can pose a question to an ancestor who's passed on or a loved one or even an angel or a spirit guide, depending on who you want to talk to. Mm -hmm. And you can just ask them a simple question. You can write their name. So if I were to talk to my grandfather, for example, I would write, Dear Papa, because that's what I called him. I would say, "Um, what do you want to tell me about what's going on? with my health right now or with our family. And then you just keep writing and you have to have trust. You have to get out of your own way because if you're not trusting, you're just going to keep writing and you're just going to be like, this isn't working. I'm still writing. This is still me. But if you can trust and believe and start to get out of the way, they can start writing through you. And you'll be amazed at what you see. You'll get advice that you just can simply, even if you're skeptical, you could probably look back eventually and say, I don't think that was me. I don't think that I would give myself that advice, that kind of thing. So it takes practice and it takes time and it takes a lot of trust. That is so wild. So if someone is looking to explore spirituality and they're really interested, what's a good place for them to start? I think a good place to start would be reading some books. Also, just like, let's take it even simpler than that. Mm -hmm. Just taking some stillness with yourself every single day. I think that is such an underestimated piece of life that so many of us ignore to just sit quietly every day, meditate. Even if you can only do that for five minutes, people are terrified to sit silently with their thoughts I think that's where it all begins, where you can start to listen to yourself, listen to that inner voice, start to open that third eye by visualizing while you're meditating. You can journal and then start reading some books. So Joe Dispenza, I know that you're a fan. Okay. Last time we spoke, you told me about Joe Dispenza and then I read 
becoming supernatural and it's like changed my life. Yeah. Well, same. And he's incredible. So I would say there's so many spiritual teachers out there, whether it's someone like him who's very scientific and to like so many, so much research to back what he talks about or someone like me who's much more ethereal and kind of coming from the other realms. Um, Louise Hay, Wayne Dyer, Gabby Bernstein. I think there's spiritual teachers for everybody and that I think those books can be the gateway to believing in something bigger. So cool. So I feel like in the last year and a half, there have been such massive shifts within you, right? Like, and you've talked about the fact that your face has changed in Mm -hmm. the last year and a half. And like, I agree, by the way. Thank you. I love that you see it. It's like different. And I feel like your energy is different. When I hear your podcast, you sound different. Like, I can't explain it. But like, what, what do you think those, I guess, like big shifts that are that happened? Like, can you identify like certain moments or certain things that you've come to realize? Definitely. Well, I've I've had a lot of journeys with plant medicine, so ayahuasca. I don't know if that's something your audience is that's, familiar with. I'm actually like, I have like a list of questions I want to ask you all about it, but yeah, let's okay, get we'll into get it. into ayahuasca. So it's a plant medicine. It comes from a vine in the Amazon, and it's something that started speaking to me about three years ago. Mm-hmm. I had heard of ayahuasca. I had researched it. Um, But I had never felt that call to really go off and have an experience, have a ceremony. And then three years ago, it just became so loud. It was just ayahuasca, ayahuasca in my mind all the time until I made it happen. I found a ceremony in Northern California with a shaman. And I would say to anybody listening who's interested, definitely make sure you do it with a very trusted person who is abiding by the rituals, you know, all of that. And I was very sick at the time, which we can also get into Mm -hmm. with Lyme. I had no brain function. I mean, I was just a shell of myself. I had had Lyme for a couple of years at that point and had to tow hives, no energy, excruciating pain, head to toe every day. And I just felt like I don't really know what this plant medicine ceremony is going to bring me, Mm -hmm. but I imagine it's going to shift so much. But I couldn't imagine what that might be. And then I went and I had the experience and it was a three-day experience, but it was like being gone from this planet, for me at least, for centuries. So you come back to yourself, you come back to your body and your life. And I just felt like I have lived so many centuries, so many lifetimes. I've seen so much. And I went through difficult times. I saw hell. I saw demons. I fought off a ton of darkness. And then I also saw a lot of light and was just instilled with so much wisdom. And I ended up going back bringing my husband. We actually weren't married yet. And I told him, this shifted shifted my perspective so much. You've got to come with me before we get married because I need for you to feel this. I need for you to shift this perception in your own way. So he came, he trusted me and we had an experience together. And then we went back together again. So those three separate ceremonies completely changed me. 
And it's interesting because I don't advocate that people go off and do something like, like this. I think I am a pretty extreme personality. And I also was in an extreme circumstance with my health and didn't know if I was going to live, didn't know if I didn't know what my future would hold. So I took what I was going through and I thought, I know I'm being dealt this because I can handle it. And I also know I'm being called to reawaken to something so deep within me. So that's what I ended up doing. And it's been completely mind altering and beautiful. And specifically after the last ceremony in November, my face changed, really changed. That is so wild. You know, it's really funny because with ayahuasca, I feel like people who've tried it, it's been really beneficial. But something that I've heard over and over again that like is that ayahuasca calls to you. You don't decide when you're going to do it. It's like an intuition thing or a calling thing. And it calls to you. You don't go and kind of force it to happen. Yeah, exactly. I was just talking to somebody about that a couple of days ago who I sent her to my shaman. It's a very close friend of mine. And she had an experience and it was amazing, changed her life. And she said, I always used to think it was so annoying when people would say that, like a superiority thing, like you're not ready for ayahuasca. It will call you if you're ever ready. <laughs> and she was just saying like, oh, I never believed that until I did it. And then you realize... Anybody who says that, including me, it's just a protection. <laughs> it will bring you to the deepest levels you've ever known if you're if you're meant to be there. And I don't think a lot of people want that in this life or could even handle it to the point where it would enhance their life in a beautiful way. Mm -hmm. So as much as I would love to bring my family, I mean, that's my dream. Yeah. Um, it's not for them. And I know that. It's not for them right now mm -hmm. and probably ever. They're not interested. So you have to respect that about people and also respect the medicine because it's so wise. Hi, new friends. I'm Jackie Schimmel, philanthropist, motivational speaker, glowing wife, animal rights activist, and a shoulder to cry on. Not really. I'm a crazy bitch, but a hoot and a half. If you haven't listened to my podcast, The Bitch Bible, brace yourself, pour yourself a stiff drink, and get ready to laugh your ass off or cry. Make sure you subscribe yourself to The Bitch Bible Podcast right now. You're going to effing love it. So what were the, I guess, biggest learnings that you took out of your experience? Oh, that's such a good question. I think, first, I saw so many of my past lives, and I saw beautiful ones, and I saw very challenging ones, lives where I was homeless, living on the street, addicted to drugs, swallowing my own hair, <laughs> that type of life. And I went and I lived that again. When I was having this experience, I felt like I lived it again. I also journeyed with my ancestors and felt their pain. And I felt the pain, how it transmutes into my body, how it transmutes into my dad's body, for example, from his side of the family. And I had to go in and feel every single person's pain. And that gives you so much compassion for absolutely everyone. So I would come out of these experiences and just feel like we are all one. So I can never judge someone else. I can never think 
oh, she's just so rude or whatever. I, I rather try to think, what is she going through mm-hmm. that would cause her to act this way? And of course, a lot of us, we, we try to do that. But this just brought it to a whole new level of realizing we're all one. And specifically within families, if somebody's suffering, we're all suffering. Yeah. And better to just try to heal that person. So I just realized my purpose here is to be a healer. And I can run from that as much as I may by doing everything else that I do. But when I step into that calling of being a healer and everything that that means, that's when I feel fulfilled. That's when I start to heal. That's when I heal others and I heal myself. So you've been really vocal about your struggle with Lyme. And I feel like the kind of healing you've done in the last I want to say year, year and a half, correct me if I'm wrong, just me looking from the outside in is, it's crazy. Like, I remember listening to your podcasts where you would be like, my body is full of hives, but like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to heal myself. And like, you'd say these things. So how do you feel like ayahuasca kind of helped that journey along? Yeah, that's a really good question. So a lot of that was just, my mindset. Right. I was going to heal. There was no doubt in my mind. And I'm so grateful for my supportive husband and family and doctors because everybody spoke those words to me. So if I was having a bad day and just using the words, I'm sick, I'm never going to get better, I'm going to be sick forever— Anybody, you know, Jonathan, my mom would just say, that's not true. We don't speak that way. So I started to really do that. Huge mindset shifts. And then with ayahuasca, it just very much helped me see the root of what a lot of this was stemming from, which was my intention. Every time I went into a ceremony with ayahuasca, I would have a different intention. And it was always based around, please show me the root of this illness, because I believe if if we can't get to the root, then we really can't heal. So I sought out the root and I saw all these different emotional, spiritual, ancestral, DNA-based reasons, very energetic, spiritual reasons for, for getting sick. And then realizing the larger purpose and the larger message, which was we don't get sick so that we can heal. We get sick so that we can become extraordinarily healthy and just a new version of ourselves. So I always kept that in mind. And it just, it took about five years, but I feel like I'm finally on the other side. That is incredible. So for our listeners here who don't know what Lyme is or maybe aren't familiar with your whole backstory, why don't we get into that a little bit? Yeah. So Lyme disease is a tick-borne illness. It typically is transferred into your bloodstream from a tick, but they also know now you can get Lyme disease from mosquitoes, from horse flies, from fleas. So who in their life hasn't had a mosquito bite? Probably no one. And that terrifies me just to think how widespread, how easy it is to contract Lyme disease. So of course it manifests differently in everyone's bodies. Some people, some people have Lyme and they don't even know. They can handle it, they feel fine. 
and then others, depending on your genetics, depending on genetic mutations that you have. I think we've talked about the MTFHR gene. No. No, we haven't. Okay, so that's a genetic mutation that I found out that I have that a large percentage of women have. I want to say, I would totally butcher this, but maybe 40%. um, I could be wrong, so everyone should look it up. But if you think you have trouble detoxing from things or if you're one of those people who you catch a cold and everybody else catches the cold, but you are 10 times more sick. It's something to look into. So I started to realize I have all these genetic mutations. I also found out I was living in a moldy environment. What? So mm -hmm, I was living in an apartment in Brentwood down the street from where I live now. And I had no idea, but there was black mold growing in the shower and also in the air conditioning unit that would blow right onto my face every night while I was sleeping. So when I found my Lyme doctor, which I should back up and say my health was completely deteriorating, I saw 25 plus different doctors, functional medicine doctors. I remember you for a while didn't know what was wrong with you. Yeah, I had no idea. And it was a friend of mine named Celeste who met my Lyme doctor totally outside of like the doctor world and said to me, I think, I think you have Lyme disease. I don't want to scare you. But this woman that I met who's a Lyme specialist, she was talking about all of the different symptoms of Lyme from chronic fatigue to hives to hormone issues to fibroids on the uterus, which is something that I had, to brain fog, um, basically everything, everything that I had. And so she said, you should really call this doctor. She's the best of the best. So I didn't call the doctor for about six months because I was so jaded. No doctor had been able to help me at that point. Everybody would just look at me and say, you have eczema, you have candida. Oh, you probably have a food allergy. Oh, maybe you're allergic to your cat. Maybe you should just give your cat away. All that kind of stuff. But I knew all these doctors might just tell me that I have eczema, but I feel like I'm dying. So every single day, I would just have less and less and less energy to the point where I reached a level where I couldn't even leave my bed. I couldn't even reach for a glass of water like this if I was laying in bed. And I was terrified for my life, but I had never I had never known of anybody with Lyme disease. And if I did, like I had heard of Yolanda Hadid, for example, who talked about it quite openly on The Real Housewives, well, her symptoms were different than mine. So that it's a very, it's a very interesting disease in that way. That's what I hear about it. And that's why I think it's like so complicated and so misunderstood because it's not like a streamlined thing. It's so complicated and so misunderstood. And that's why really to get diagnosed, you really have to see someone called a Lyme literate doctor, an LLMD, Lyme literate medical doctor, because they're the ones who can properly read the tests. They're the ones who can give you the proper tests and they won't, I mean, if they're good, they won't misdiagnose to you. They won't look at your testing and say, this isn't Lyme which is what so many doctors in the typical system would do. So when I finally met my doctor, it was incredible. I mean, she looked at me and she was like, we'll do all the testing on you, but I know that you have Lyme and I know that you have mold and you get your house tested because you are exhibiting all the symptoms of black mold, toxic illness. So got my house tested, found out about that. I probably had Lyme for 
a decade and living in the moldy environment flared just exacerbated up it. the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mold is totally deadly and it comes hand in hand with co-infections. So co-infections could be mold illness. There's other co-infections called Babesia, Bartonella, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, Tick-Borne Relapsing Fever. I had all of them. Oh my so God. That's kind of one of the reasons how you know, how you can kind of determine how long that you've been sick. If you have all of these co-infections and they're off the charts because it's these little, it's almost like these little parasites in your bloodstream. And that's that's what Lyme is. So, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then what were the biggest factors in your healing journey? Like I know there was ayahuasca, obviously mindset. What about food? Like, do you feel like it had a big role to play? Yeah, I think food played a huge role for Mm -hmm. me, probably over 50%. And now with managing my symptoms, 90%. Wow. Um, But with the actual healing, there was so much more that went into it. But when I found the way that I eat, which is the salt, oil, sugar-free vegan diet, which I've renamed the Celestial Diet because it's such a more fun name, that started to heal me. So I actually went to this healing facility in Northern California. I did a water fast, which not recommending to absolutely anyone. It was such an extreme circumstance, but I try everything Mm -hmm. and it really, it really worked for me. So I was in a medically supervised facility where they check your vitals every day, twice a day. So I water fasted for two weeks, meaning I only had water. I did that four times um, over the course of two and a half or three years. And then at that facility, they also teach the salt, oil, sugar-free, vegan way of life. So once you start eating again and they keep you there, you're drinking juices and then you go back on the food, they teach you all about why that way of life is so anti-inflammatory, so healthy for the body, and so supportive to people who are healing from chronic illness, from cancer, from all sorts of things. So not only was I experiencing this in my own body, I was watching all of the people there heal. People, older women and men with diabetes, healing from cancer, people who had had Lyme for 40 years. And they started eating this way. Their skin started clearing up. Um, someone who had lost her eyesight got her eyesight back. What? And I watched all this miraculous stuff happen And I just thought to myself, I must be here as the youngest person here by far. And also just like the only person really who's like on social media and really talking about this kind of stuff. I must be here to talk about this, to share this message. And I know, I know that this is going to be different from what I've blogged about in the past and not everybody's going to get it. And some people are going to unfollow me and some people are going to think that I've gone off the deep end, but that's fine because those are people who don't understand that I'm fighting for my life. So I ended up talking about it and then it really has played such a huge role in my healing. Well, you know, I think that there's circumstances for everything, right? Like I, and it's about intention as well. And you were very real with yourself. Like you were not going to do a water fast to lose a bunch of weight, right? Like that's like the intention there was completely different. Like you were going there to heal, right? Exactly. And it's the same thing. Like when, when 
a person is extremely sick, for example, in the hospital, they'll give you morphine, right? Like to for pain management, like literally, and I've been there. I When I had meningitis, like that was the only thing. Does that mean in my regular life, that's just something that'll be handed to me or that I can just take and it's fine? Like, no, you know, it's completely different circumstances. You're totally right. It's such a circumstantial thing. And I was just explaining that to someone the other day because now I have the celestial lifestyle program where I lead people through eating this way, living this way and healing. And people ask me all sorts of questions. Well, can I, you know, can I have a little bit of salt? Can I have a little bit of oil? And I always say, of course you can, first of all. And second of all, there is a circumstance for everything. So I was 100% salt, oil, sugar-free for three years because I had to be. It was helping me heal. If I ever ate something with a lot of oil or a lot of salt, I would pay for it for like a week. But now... I feel really good. I feel like I'm kind of over the hump, knock on wood. It took a long time and I can eat, I can go out to restaurants. I can eat vegan food that is very salty and very oily and maybe I won't feel amazing, but I'll be fine the next day. I might be a little puffy, but it's not going to affect my health. And so, yeah, there's a circumstance, there's a time and a place for everything. That's incredible. So tell everyone about your celestial diet and lifestyle because you've just kind of released this plan. Like, tell everyone all about it. Yeah, I'm so excited about it. So we launched it a couple weeks ago now. By the time this comes out, it'll be available again because I first did a live round. It's seven days. We're on day five right now. And It's so incredible to see how people are feeling. First of all, it's like making my life. I was just on the phone with my mom on the way here, just saying, this is my dream. I can't even believe it. This is my dream. My dream was for people to feel as incredible as they can possibly feel in their bodies. What it is in a nutshell is the salt, oil, sugar-free vegan diet. So I give seven days of recipes, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then bonus recipes, but beyond the food. And then we talk all about like why the food is so good for you, food combining, like there's a whole 75-page ebook all about that. On the flip side, it's a very spiritual program too, where there's nine meditations that take you up into the cosmos hence the word celestial, and help you reconnect to your higher self. And then there's journaling prompts for every day. I'm huge, huge into journaling. It really helps me heal. So there's those components. There's a Facebook group where everyone can talk, share pictures of their meals. And yeah, I was reading today someone saying that they got their period back after not having it for three years eating this way for five days. And of course, every body is different. So I cannot, I cannot say that that could happen to somebody else. And then um, someone else was saying that her mother-in-law is staying with her. Her mother-in-law was losing her eyesight five days into eating this way, can see crystal clear. And that's what I had seen happen at the healing center as well. So I just thought, This is incredible. And this is not extreme. I mean, this is just like a plant-based diet where you cook your food at home. Mm -hmm. So, Wow, that's incredible. mm -hmm. So I want to talk about the meditation component. Is that like, did you record the audio bits yourself? Okay. I I just have to call this out because you know, I've, I've been through your meditation practices. Like we worked together for Array and my God, you guys, her practices are just incredible. Like when you did it for Array, the second one, 
I remember like it was like one of those ones where it was like you exit and it's like you're it's like your own world that you're yeah, seeing. Yeah, your soul's home. It was so beautiful. I was like, I like teared up at the end. It was like such a beautiful practice. And I feel like you're so talented. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that we did that with Array because that was one of the catalysts doing that with you guys that made me realize I want to do this more. I want to record my own meditations. I want to have them available, which I sometimes will do like a bonus episode on the podcast and it's a meditation, but we have nine meditations in the program. The soul's home meditation is one of them. It's so beautiful. Um, which is probably, it's like a little bit different because I always just go completely off the cuff. Yeah. But then my audio editor, he creates this beautiful music. It's like a whole experience. So yeah, it's really special. And oh, it's something something I'm thinking about doing more of because I enjoy meditations more than, I mean, I enjoy creating and recording meditations more than a lot of things that I do, which makes me realize I have, I should really do more with that. You actually should, Jordan, because like, I, I genuinely think you're so talented. Like I've, I've gone through guided meditations in the past and yours have been like hands down my favorite. Like it just doesn't even compare to any apps that I've used, like nothing. Like I'm not saying that because we're friends. Like I genuinely mean that. I was blown away by your meditations. Thank you. That means so much to me. Well, that's very affirming. So I think I, I've been thinking about creating a meditation app. We'll see. We'll see if that happens. I but am cheering it's, I feel for like you. It's, it's on the horizon. Yeah, I think so too. I feel like it's your calling, honestly. Like it is, you're very, very good. Okay, so I want to get into something fun because I feel like the questions have led us here because you went through this whole healing journey and now you're pregnant. And yeah. that's incredible. So, were you trying like I like take us through the whole thing? Cause I even remember at one point you were saying that, like, well, I don't know if I can get pregnant. And now here you are. And that's incredible. Thank you. I'm so happy to talk about this because I have not been able to talk about this on any podcast yet at all. So this is very thrilling. Honored. And yeah, it's super special. Um, yeah, it was a it was a very interesting journey because I feel like all my years of healing from Lyme, my main motivation was I want to be a mother and I want to be healthy enough for when I'm ready to carry a baby and also be healthy, like not pass Lyme onto the baby or have Lyme myself because that would be, I think, very difficult as mm -hmm. a mother and as someone who's pregnant. So that was always the main motivation, but I never, until this year, 2021, I didn't feel ready. I felt like I still had a lot of healing to do. I did that final ayahuasca journey in November and then December, I was doing something else. And then come January, we started trying and my husband has been ready forever, probably since before we met. I mean, he's like born so to be a dad sweet. and he's also five years older than me. So he's just been like so ready. So we started trying in a very interesting journey because I have such a sensitive body yeah. that in January we started trying and I felt like I got pregnant and I have all of these healers in my life, Chinese medicine doctors, people who work with energy. So it was then confirmed to me, you are pregnant. So in January, thought I was, felt like I was. I had morning sickness. I had all this different stuff. But then I wasn't. I got my period right on time. And 
it was very confusing. It yeah, was I bet. very confusing, very disheartening, but I also felt like who gets pregnant on their first try? Like that's just, I mean, a lot of people do and a lot of people don't. So took February off of trying and then we tried again in March and the same thing happened. So then I started to get a little bit worried because I felt like, oh no, my body is trying to make this happen and the hormones aren't rising and something's going on. Mm -hmm. What if this happens to me every month? That would be such a, just an emotional roller coaster and a physical mm -hmm. roller coaster. And by the way, I was also getting my hormones checked right. by a regular Western doctor. And the hormones were going crazy, like trying to rise, but not fully rising. So I spoke to the universe and I prayed to this spirit of the baby. And I said, when you're ready to come through, we're ready to have you, of course. But I don't want to go through this experience again of feeling pregnant and not being pregnant. I can't do that every month. So we tried in April and I didn't feel anything. I just, for a couple of weeks, that two week waiting period or whatever it is, I just didn't feel anything, didn't think about it. felt like I'm definitely not pregnant this time. So it's all good. Just going to keep living my life. And then I was. So <laughs> there's something to be said for releasing stress. And I know the journey to conceive is not that simple for everyone. And it certainly wasn't simple for me with all these years of preparation. I feel like my body was in the perfect state for fertility because that was in the back of my mind. That was a goal for the last five years. So it feels like the biggest blessing in the world. And I still can't even believe it. I'm going to be three months in, in just a couple of days. Oh my God, Jordan. I'm, at, I'm like so happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. I am just like so thrilled for you because I feel like I remember you saying that like, I don't know if it'll ever happen for me, but I really want to be a mom. And like, I feel like you have a very like mom energy. Yes, I've heard that. I've heard that a lot and I've only heard it lately. I think something shifted when I started trying and these baby souls started trying to come in. And I've been hearing that so much. I feel like I have that like calm yeah. maternal energy, but I didn't always. It's definitely a newer thing. That's incredible. So the last question I have for you is actually to do with this transition you've made, because I feel like I've, I've sort of seen it happen where you've gone from this wellness influencer, which you of course still are, but you've kind of taken up the role of this like teacher and healer. So tell me about that transition. Like how has that been for you? Like, do you feel like this is where your journey has always led you? Yeah, I feel like it was always supposed to be this way, but I had no idea. I was just riding the ride, riding the ride of spontaneously becoming an influencer by way of blogging and starting my blog very early and having this incredible audience. I really did the whole influencer thing for several years with working with brands and having managers and doing every opportunity, speaking at events, like so many things that were so fun and served me very, very well. And then as the years went on, I started to realize some of this is not so fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this is what I came here to do. And then really the whole journey with getting sick and then healing made me realize I'm here to be a healer. I'm here to be a spiritual teacher. And there was a lot of layers I had to go through to feel comfortable doing that, to not ask myself, 
who am I to be a spiritual teacher? You're an influencer, Jordan. You're a blogger. You are young. You're still figuring your life out. Well, so are all healers. We are all always figuring our life out. And um, and I'll always be a student. I'll always be a student of life and all of my teachers and all of my mentors. But I do feel like that my whole path, and I feel like the reason that I was gifted enough to develop an audience and have these incredible people is because this was always supposed to be the next step. So it's still a transition. I still straddle many worlds. And that's kind of just a metaphor for who I am. I straddle this world and the realms beyond. And I straddle the influencer world and the teaching world and writing books and I don't know. I I love it. I like it that way. Yeah. And I feel like when you look back at certain things, you're like, oh my God, of course. Right. And like, I feel like you going through this whole journey with Lyme and then having these almost like epiphanies and spiritual awakenings and doing that, by the way, in front of your entire audience, it's been really interesting because now you're here and you have started to assume the role of this like healer and this teacher. And I feel like well, yeah, like, duh, like she should be here, you know, if not her, then who, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And thank you so much for saying that. Cause it's always good to hear coming from someone else. And exactly. That's how I feel too. I think we go through the things that we go through because we're meant to do something bigger with what we learn. And that's what you did with Array. You went through your health problems and created an incredible brand that is thriving and amazing and my favorite brand in so many ways. And I think that's what we're all here to do is take our pain and turn it into something that can help other people. And also always help ourselves. Like if we're not filling our own cup, we can't fill anybody else's cup. And that's what I try to remind myself too. Because I think the common trap for the healer and the spiritual teacher or even the blogger is to give to other people all the time and to feel like we're here to serve. So wake up and do that all day long. But if we're not serving ourselves, and I have experienced this a hundred times, there will be a crash and a burn and then you can't help anybody. So, That's really beautiful. Last question for you, Jordan. Share a book that's changed your life. Ooh, I love this question. I would say of so many, I would probably say Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. It is incredible and influences everything I do. I keep it by my bed. She has a few books, so I would just say all of Louise Hay's books. The Power is Within You is another one. So powerful. I have to read this because you changed my life with Joe Dispenza, and now I feel like I need to read this one. She's like the original when it comes to that type of thinking. Mm-hmm. So you you will love. Okay, I'm very excited. Tell everyone where they can find you. You can find me on The Balanced Blonde on Instagram, The Balanced Blonde Podcast, which is also called Soul on Fire, which Safat has been an incredible guest on, thebalancedblonde.com. And those are probably the best places. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. 
I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week.